But if you get in there and you start reading it and you start seeing a little bit of who God is and how much he loves you and how much he's done for you, he gets a hold of you and you want more. Welcome to Working with the Word, a weekly podcast designed to equip you with the skills and confidence for deeper daily Bible study. I'm Jeff O'Rear. And I'm Emerson Brown. Thank you for tuning in to the 77th episode of Working with the Word. Today, we are releasing a conversation we recently had with Katie Filippi about daily Bible reading. It's been a while since we've done an episode like this, but we thought a quick break before wrapping up our John series would be nice. We know you'll enjoy and learn a lot from this conversation today. Hello, everyone. This is Jeff O'Rear from Working with the Word with my co-host Emerson Brown. For this episode, we're joined by Katie Filippi, who grew up in Casey, Illinois, and after marrying her husband, Adam, moved about seven miles to the next town over in Martinsville, Illinois, where they currently live. They worship in that area with the Casey Westside Congregation and have four kiddos, two boys and two girls, and one dog named Merle. Katie used to work in the medical field in the radiology department, but now she does the important work of staying home with the kids. She enjoys being with family and friends, especially when that means getting to go boating at the lake and spending time on the water. She also enjoys having good conversations and getting to know people, which is great news for us because we're looking forward to having some good conversation and getting to know Katie through our episode today as we talk about encouragements for daily Bible reading. Katie, thanks for being with us today. Yeah, thank you guys for having me. I'm excited, uh, a little nervous still, but it's good to step out of our comfort zone. So I'm excited to talk about these things with you guys. That's right. It's going to be good. So we're talking about daily Bible reading, and we, we like having people on the show just to encourage us to be more devoted to daily Bible reading. And, and Jeff and I are big believers in having a good why for what anything we do, but especially when it comes to spiritual things. So we want to start with just a basic question. Why do you believe daily Bible reading is important? What is, what is your why that kind of motivates you? Yeah, um, first of all, I think that's a great question and probably one that we maybe don't ask ourselves um, as much as we should. But I think for me and probably for everyone else, your why kind of grows and and changes as you grow and change and go through things. So I know that's definitely been the case with me. My why has changed over the years. Just to give a a little bit of a background on myself, um, I was one of those people that was, you know, raised in the pews. My grandma was a Christian. My mom was a Christian. My dad, he didn't become a Christian until I think I was around age seven. But for, for the most part of like what I can remember, the people that I was around the most that I was closest with were um, Christians. And so I grew up, you know, from the time I was a baby being brought to services, brought to worship. And it was just constantly something that I was around and nothing against that. I mean, I think that's great. I'm so appreciative that my parents and grandparents taught me about God. And I think, you know, in God's word, that's, the way that he wants it to be. That's the, that's his plan Mm -hmm. is for us to teach our children that. But I think my first why was probably just because I felt like that's what I was supposed to do. Mm -hmm. Um, So that was probably my first why. And then, you know, as I got a little older and I kind of hit those teenage years, you kind of start thinking about things a little more 
And I got to thinking about, you know, what if something happened to me? You start thinking more about how, you know, this life isn't forever. And if something were to happen to me today, if I were to die today, or if Jesus were to come back today, like, where would I be going? And I, I didn't really like the answer that I kind of had, had came to. And so that really bothered me. And it actually bothered me so much that it got to the point where I was, I didn't want to do anything or go anywhere. I didn't want to get in the car and go for a drive because I didn't want anything to happen to me. And finally I thought this is, this is just so silly. And one night I just let it all out and kind of burst into tears and told my parents, you know, I want to study this more. And I said, I I really want to make sure that this is what I believe and not just, you know, because it's what I've been taught my whole life and, and it's what you guys think. And so my dad, he was great. He sat down with me and we studied and we studied and we went through a book and we opened up the Bible and, you know, eventually I did make the decision to become a Christian and follow God. And it was nice because my dad got to baptize me. And I think, uh, yeah, I think then my why had kind of morphed into more fear-based though. Mm. And it kind of stayed that way for a while. I have a, a best friend I talked to, and we've actually talked about this before about fear being kind of your, your reason. And Mm -hmm. she pointed out to me, which I thought it was really wise of her that, you know, that's not necessarily a bad thing. Cause I think I got to feeling a little guilty about that. And, you know, that's not how I I wanted it to be. I didn't want to say that was my reason, but if I was being honest, it was. And she just pointed out that that that's not a good thing because that's kind of what gets you started. And that is a real fear. You know, you, you don't want to go to hell and, and it is real and you need to be aware of that. Mm. And even in scripture, you know, God tells us the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but you know, if it doesn't take off from there and if it doesn't go anywhere, I feel like you're missing out on a whole nother level of your relationship with God and what it could be. And so thankfully for me, I feel like I can now say that my why is because I want to, and because I actually have a desire to do it and I want to do it. And I don't say that, you know, to brag or to be like, Hey, look at me. Like I, I want to do it. I've arrived because it's something that I still struggle with at times. And I think if we're being honest, we all struggle with that sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it is such a freeing feeling <laughs> to have that as your why. Something that's not based on fear, but because you want to, because of your love for God, because you are realizing more of who he is and how good he is and how much he loves me, like personally. And so now my why has changed into you know, a desire because it's based on my love for him. And again, that took me a while to get there. So I hope, you know, if anyone's listening to this, that they don't feel discouraged or like, oh, well, I don't, I don't feel like that. I don't look forward to opening my Bible. And it's a struggle for me to, to get my Bible out because I've been there too. And I think that's at least a place to start. And I, I think that's the awesome part about God's word is that you know, my dad has a favorite Bible verse. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. And if you just get in there, even if it maybe it's not for the 
the reason that you want it to be. But if you get in there and you start reading it and you start seeing a little bit of who God is and, and how much he loves you and how much he's done for you, I mean, he gets a hold of you and you want more. And, you know, Hebrews tells us that his word is powerful to change us and it'll it'll pierce even to to your soul. And so I don't want anyone to feel discouraged if they're not there yet, because that doesn't mean that you won't get there. And um, it doesn't mean that I feel that way every single time, because like I say, I still struggle with it too at times. Yeah. I think that's just super helpful to, to have right at the beginning. Cause I think many of us, all of us relate to either somewhere in the beginning or middle of that journey or something in the later part of maybe we've heard that, that idea of, we know why we're supposed to, we think that we're just going to take somebody else's why and make it my own, but I can't make that my own. And it may be that I feel like I'm not at a place where I see other people at that. I feel like I have to be, but we don't have to be where other people are. We're where we are as God's helping us through that journey. And as we're continuing to learn about him, so I think that's really important for us to remember that there's not just one specific answer that's all the way through life. There may be things that we grow and mature in and that help us through just having that good motivation or having a good motivation, we'll say. Yeah, absolutely. And that that kind of makes me think of something else. You know, you can have multiple whys. And mm-hmm. as you uh, get older and you experience more, and then like you guys, we talked about before we started recording, you know, we all have kids now. Um, that's a huge part of my why. Like yeah. I... I want them to see me in God's word. I want them to see me living it, you know, not just teaching them about him, but I want them to actually see it in my life. And, you know, how do I expect them to be who I want them to be if I'm not in it myself and trying to grow and change? So you mentioned a couple of passages, taste and see that the Lord is good. And then in Hebrews, are there any other passages that kind of motivate you or challenge you to to be devoted to bible study yeah i saw that you guys might ask this <laughs> and so <laughs> i thought oh man what verse would i pick to kind Feel of free to pick more than one yeah so. that's Absolutely. hard there there's so many good ones but i did find one that i think speaks to me right now and for you know where i'm at in life in this season and what i've been through and before I say it, I'll kind of give a little story. Um, hopefully I don't get emotional about this, but a couple years ago, I went through um, a couple different health scares, actually. And it was a very scary and difficult time for me. And I just remember the way that I felt feeling just worried and, and concerned. And I know God doesn't want us to feel that way. And So I prayed and I prayed and um, I just prayed that I would feel him there with me, that I would feel his presence, that he would be near me. And (laughs) it didn't just take away, you know, all my concerns and and all my anxieties. But I remember, even though I was worried, I remember that I had never felt him so close to me. And you know, since then things have gotten better for me and I'm in a much easier, smoother place. But I remember, you know, telling myself after going through that, that I don't want to move away from that. 
and um, I want to stay near him and I want to feel that closeness with him like I did then, you know, in good times too. And yeah. so the verse that I I had wrote down was Psalm 73, 28. And I actually came across it not too long ago during uh, just my own Bible reading, but it's just a simple verse. And it says, but for me, it is good to be near God. And it just hit home because that is what I want to do. That's my why. Like I want him close. That is where we find life. I don't want to, you know, take one step without him. And so I just thought that verse was really beautiful. Yeah. Verses don't have to be long or complex. Sometimes just those emotions from the Psalms that are expressed in those sentences can really be powerful and really be deep on their own when that emotion matches what we feel and continues to stick with us then and, and carries us with that. So that's an awesome yeah. thought though, to think about. It's not about, I want to have the right answers for the test. You know, we want to have correct answers and, and good, you know, Bible doctrine and live that, but just the, I want to be near to the Lord. And that's really helpful. Yeah. It's such a comforting feeling because, you know, the older you get, the more you face, the more you go through things, the more you see, people that you love um, passing away and you just realize that really the only thing constant in this crazy life is, is God. And, and if you don't have him, you really don't have anything. And so I really like that first. Yeah. yeah. You mentioned your mom and your dad who have kind of helped you and maybe planting some good seeds in your heart for just being good examples. We grow in our faith on our own. We, we find some of maybe some of these pillars in God's word that we go back to, but I think people are a big part of our why as well. Uh, are there some people that have been big influences in your life and helping you in kind of just establish discipline or being great examples of Bible reading and Bible study? Oh my, I feel like I'm so fortunate because I feel like I could make you like a whole book full of people who have <laughs> I'm not even kidding. And I hate to even name names because I don't want to leave a single person out. But I mean, obviously my parents, uh, my grandma, she's kind of the one who started everything. She was the first one in our family to become a Christian. And then she in turn taught my mom who taught me. And, you know, my mom was able to, to get to my dad and kind of reach, reach him. And so, you know, my mom, she had it pretty hard for a while. I, I love my <laughs> yeah. dad and he, he's a wonderful man, but he had a past and he didn't always live his life the way he should have. And he'll be the first to admit that, but he has yeah. made a, a big influence in my life. Just, I think I was, you know, like I said, around age seven and he just completely turned his life around and there was no turning back. Like he, he gave up a lot of things. He quit doing a lot of things. And he never looked back and his life just completely transformed. I mean, that made such an impact on me at such a young age to see my dad change like that and, and to not be embarrassed of it. Or, you know, I remember him telling all his friends about it and he'd invite people over to the house for a Bible study or, or over for supper and to come to services. And he would constantly have his Bible open and just pages and pages of notes and, mm -hmm. And that kind of zeal is so contagious mm. and it's hard to not get excited for God when you see someone else so excited. So he's definitely 
been an influence on me. I mean, my whole immediate family, my sister, I've just got one sister growing up, uh, just me and her, and she was seven years younger than me. But my parents, my my sister, I've got a few close friends who I do not know where I would be without them. And I'm so thankful for them. They really encourage me, you know, just daily to keep on keeping on. And sometimes it seems like you're just, what is the point of this? Or am I even making a difference? And it's just those people who show up daily and and remind you or even can give you the tough love, you know, the things that you don't necessarily want to hear, but you need to hear. And I feel fortunate that I've got a few people that, that are that way for me. So yeah, I could keep going and going, but I'll stop there, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. Like you mentioned, you know, if you grow up with, with that opportunity, with that blessing, growing up in the pew or having parents who teach you, that can be a great help in coming to your own faith. That isn't always a requirement for sure, but to have those people who can be those good examples along the way and having a good Nathan too. We all could need good Nathans at time who can mm-hmm. tell us you're the man or kind of uh, just kind of call us out for our silliness or even worse at times and be like, you know what? You're right. And so that's awesome. Oh, absolutely. That yeah. People like that. Yeah. But I need a lot of those Nathans in my life because <laughs> I've got a lot of things I need to work on still. <laughs> yeah. You know, one of the things I was wondering is you, you mentioned before we started recording that you're a part of a Bible study group. And I was wondering if you could tell us more about what that looks like and how that helps you. Yeah. So it was, um, Chris Emerson's Excel still more. Um, he does the podcast. Um, yeah. I'm sure you guys have probably heard of it, yeah. but he started the daily Bible reading group. Yeah. I don't know. It's probably been, it was the first round that he, that we went through. Mm-hmm. And so I did it that first round. I'm actually not doing it now. I'm, I've kind of started off on my own Bible reading that I'm doing, but the first time he started that I jumped in and it was just anybody and everybody, anyone could join. I forget how many people were on there, but it was a ton of people and it was really neat. Like you, you made connections and you made friendships and you started recognizing people from that group. And then you'd see them somewhere else on Facebook. And it's, it was a nice reminder that, Hey, like I'm, I'm not in this alone. There's other people all over the world trying to to follow God and trying to, to grow and to be better and to change. It was a, it was a great group and it's still going on. If anybody wants to hop in, I'm, I'm sure that they would all love that. So thinking maybe uh, as we're continuing the kind of a long transition here, as, as much as you're comfortable with talking about, you know, these episodes that we do about daily Bible reading, we want to always try to talk about, you know, people's whys and why that's important and helpful, but then also good to get some ideas of kind of what are you doing or what does that look like or how are you doing daily Bible reading? Obviously, that's not always the same. You've talked about how you've gone through various whys in your life. You've probably done various things in your life. You know, sometimes you've been in a Facebook group or you do something else. So just kind of broadly, and we can maybe continue to specify things along the way, uh, just kind of like right now, what is your... Um, well, if you want to call it daily Bible reading or if it's just consistent Bible reading or Bible say, what does that look like in the life of Katie at the moment? Yeah, I wish I could tell you like, oh, I've got this perfect routine down and this perfect <laughs> plan and set up and I've got everything. <laughs> My brain yeah. would love that. Um, right. <laughs> but I'm not there right now, just where I'm at in life. It's, um, it's kind of different each day. I mean, 
a few years ago, I did kind of have more of a routine down and it worked really well. I'd get up early in the morning and I am not a morning person and I don't drink coffee in the morning. So I wouldn't (laughs) read my Bible first thing. I'd just get up and try to get some movement or exercise in. And then once I was a little more awake, I'd get my Bible out and spend time reading the Bible. And I loved that. It seemed to work really good at that point in my life. And I love starting my day with God and that quiet time, you know, before the kids get out of bed and everything gets crazy. Um, but I'm not there right now. And I think I've had to realize that that's okay. Like it doesn't mm-hmm. have to look a certain way or, or be a certain way. It's just, you got to find what, what works for you and what is helping you. And so some days I do get up early and I'll still open up the Bible and, and spend time, you know, reading it or just thinking about some verses. And then sometimes it's in the afternoon, maybe the kids have some quiet time. And I just, I get that feeling like, Oh, I want to spend some time with God. Like I, I feel like I'm getting a little further away from him than I want to be. Or what I've been doing more and more of lately is getting it out after everyone else is in bed. My husband, he's a go, go, goer and a hard worker. And so a lot of times if he sets down and stops, he is out. He gets up early (laughs) in the morning. (laughs) And so he'll be sleeping on the couch. You know, I'll look over and, you know, where he's just resting his eyes is what he said. (laughs) But he's gone and the Uh kids are asleep and I will uh, get it out and read it before bed. And I'm actually really liking it. I like how it makes me feel. Um, just like that, a peaceful feeling and comfort before I lay my head on my pillow and go to sleep. And I like ending my day with him too. So I don't have, um, a certain like time I do it or a certain routine. Mm -hmm. Um, I do have a plan I follow. Um, our preacher, he is awesome about printing out these booklets at the beginning of every year. And he kind of picks like a theme or something that we're going to work on just as a congregation, something we're really going to try to, to grow in. And so inside of that little booklet, he also always puts a reading plan in there. And so I'm actually following it, but I don't do it where like, Oh, I have to read this and this, this day and this and this, this day. I just kind of go through it at my own pace. If it's a chapter that really hits me and it makes me think of oh, this makes me think of this. And I'll go back and look into that. And I, I just go through it, you know, as I need to go through it. And it's all in chronological order, which my brain seems to really like that. It makes things make more sense for me. So I like that. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes I'll get a good like study book and read through it and do like a, a Bible study booklet. Um, sometimes like we were talking about all the access to the the Facebook stuff that we have. Sometimes I'll get online and just play a sermon while I'm doing the dishes or listen to a podcast. And, and I just feel like we're so fortunate that we live in a time where we have so many options available to us Mm -hmm. that even though we're such a busy people and such a busy culture, like we have opportunities all around us where we can be in God's word. Yeah. That's a, always a big, an obstacle or difficulty with our Bible reading is as we, we know that we are busy but also kind of trying to balance that and, and be respectful and say, I know my life is busy, but I also know that I've got lots of different ways and lots of opportunities to consume the word, whether it be through, through things like podcasts or sermons, or just especially those moments that I can 
open a Bible or even listen to a Bible. I've had to really adjust my own personal feelings about like listening to the Bible. It's never been like, oh, that's sinful, but I've always just been a physical (laughs) book person. And uh, at times being like, this can be just as, you know, beneficial or, you know, really helps me to focus in a different way and what's being, you know, presented in the word or just, you know, taking the word in that way that it's just awesome that majority of people by the year 2022, that if you've got a, a smartphone or a computer of some kind, you probably have the Bible app or you can go to Bible.com and you can just listen to things. So that's always awesome. Yeah, I am like you, though. There's something about having an actual Bible in your hands that I don't know if you guys make like notes in yours. I know some people aren't comfortable doing that. And I, I get yeah. that. But I have notes all over mine and I love um, just being able to hold on to it and, and have it there with you. I mean, I use my phone a lot too. And I, I love that we have that ac- easy access to something quick, but it's nice to have an actual Bible too. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I knew it was good that we had you on Katie. I knew that we would all agree on the right real way to read our Bibles. <laughs> That's <for> right. Sure, <laughs> so. Scripture somewhere, right? Like, doesn't yeah. it say that? <laughs> That's right there. Then second opinions three yeah. with all the other stuff that we have. So. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. Something that you said at the beginning of of uh, this this part here is that your routine is not always like picture perfect, and I think that that's really helpful to hear you say that because even so, I'm I'm a full time preacher. I don't have a picture perfect routine either, um, and I'm not sure that I know anybody that actually does. And sometimes that can be a real challenge when we see like we think of it, ha- it has to be a Instagram worthy moment where I've got my, you know, my trendy journal out and I've got my cup of coffee that has, you know, the fancy design with the creamer in it and everything. It's like, it doesn't have to be like that. It, it, it can be messy. It can be not, it can be just 10 minutes where you're, you're just, you, you have distractions, people running around, <laughs> kids running around. It doesn't have to be perfect, but the point is that you have time that you're, you're devoting to that. And I think that's really um, helpful to hear you say that. Absolutely. Yeah. I like hearing you say that too. You know, you being a preacher hearing that you, (laughs) you don't have it all perfect either. So, you know, it can be messy, but it's you and God and spending time with him. And I mean, I've really struggled with that in the past with being busy and we're all busy, but I think Satan has really, you know, fooled us um, as people just thinking that being busy automatically equals, um, being productive or being busy always Mm -hmm. is a good thing. And it's not, I mean, even the, I mean, he's so sneaky that he'll even use, you know, good things to distract you, you know, your, your children or, um, you know, that's, uh, they're so important in your job, your work. I mean, all that's important, but I mean, if you're too busy to stop and, you know, have that quiet time with God, or, um, maybe not so quiet if you have kids, but just to take that time for him, then we really are too busy. And I feel like we're missing out on a piece that comes when we do that. This ruins the end of our episode, whenever Emerson and I do our like post-interview recordings, but you you use that phrase of, you know, so, you know, I'm in the evening, my husband's asleep. And so I'm going to spend time with God. And that just, is a kick in the pants for me to reminds me that sometimes I approach 
my Bible reading, I say, okay, I need to go read my Bible. And I got this thought of like, whether it's an actual checkbox with a list that I'm following or like a plan I'm following or, you know, something that I'm just like, okay, I'm just moving to the next thing. I come with that mindset rather than even just a small phrase of I'm going to go spend time with God in that moment is it immediately changes my heart set and my mindset about how I'm mm -hmm. approaching that moment. And so I'm already given away what my takeaway from this is, but I think that's a real helpful shift to think about, at least for me and maybe somebody else listening catches on that or has used that and it's helpful for them too. Yeah, that's a great point. I mean, I didn't even catch us saying that, but I like that you pointed <laughs> that out. Yeah. It, I mean, it does, it does change the whole thing. You're thinking of a Bible as like a physical object. Um, but when you, you know, say God's name, you're thinking of, of a, of a person, of a being and of a relationship Yeah. and that it does, it changes the whole thing. Yeah. So Bible reading is not something that's always, it that doesn't always just happen naturally or easily. Sometimes, sometimes it's a little bit more of a difficulty to discipline yourself, to sit down and say, this is something that I, I need right now. So what are some specific obstacles that, that you've faced and how have you worked through them? Absolutely. I mean, I say that my why is because I desire to do it and I want to do it and I'm excited to do it. But that doesn't mean that I feel that way every single time or 100% of the time. Sometimes it is just the struggle of having that desire. And for whatever reason, I, I don't know. I, I don't know why sometimes we just feel like we don't want to do it. But I know the only way to fix that is for me to actually get in there. And if I can just mm -hmm. overcome that and just go ahead and get in there anyway, Usually as I'm reading along, I'll, I'll find something in there and I'm like, oh, yes, this, this is why I, I do this. Like now it's bringing that desire back. So like the only way to break that cycle is to get in there and read it anyway. And like we talked about earlier, if you are reading it with a, an open heart or a soft heart, even if you're not doing it, maybe for the right reason or for the reason that you want it to be for. God's word can still change you and, and transform you and make you get that desire. And so you just sometimes as a, my best friend says, you got to fake it till you make it and, um, <laughs> or, you know, suck it up and just do it anyway. And that's okay. If that's sometimes our answer, we don't want that to always be our, our no. reason, but sometimes you just, you do it anyway. I think probably my biggest obstacle for me, and maybe you guys can relate to this. I don't know your whole background story, but let's see, I would be a third generation Christian. My kids will be fourth generation Christians. And I know that's not a proper term. God only has children. I know that's not an accurate <laughs> term, but we know what people we mean. What you when, mean. Yeah. yeah. We know what people mean when they say that. And so my obstacle is opening my Bible and, and reading it and trying to study it from an unbiased point of view, that is really hard for me yeah. to not read something and think, oh, I already know like what this means, or oh, I've already got my mind made up and I've already got my conviction. And so I'm really trying to work through some things right now and kind of look at things again and try to have an open mind about, you know, what does what does God actually say about this? Or what is this scripture actually saying? Is it saying what I think it says? Or 
do I think this because this is just what I've been taught for so long or what so many other people believe and just really trying to make my faith my own. I mean, here I am in my mid thirties and I feel like that's something I still have to work through. Again, I'm, I don't want anyone to think that I don't appreciate being raised in the pews or, or brought to services. Like I'm so appreciative of that, but I think that kind of brings its own struggles with it and, and kind of a, getting your own thought on things or, or what do I really think? You know, I don't know. Do you guys struggle with that? Were you brought up, you know, going to church or and whatnot or. Yeah. So I'm, I'm also a, depending on which side of my, my family you're looking at third generation Christian. And that's something that I've had a constant struggle with since becoming a Christian at age 17, I guess. And even in, you know, my, my early thirties, that's still something that is a, is a challenge. Uh, And I think that process is just a natural process. That is a good thing. If we ever get comfortable so that we're not asking ourselves, am I really just reading what I already believe into the Bible or am I actually seeing what's there? If we ever get too comfortable where we're not asking that question, that's not a, that's not a good place either. And so sometimes that that brings some discomfort, but but it's a good discomfort, I think. So I, I can definitely relate to that very much so. Yeah. yeah. And me too. I'm my sister will know better than I, but I'm third or fourth like you said, kind of in that, uh, that being taught down through our family. And I, I appreciate just the thought of one to look at things and, and say, you know, I'm looking at this text and I'm not trying to be antagonistic. I'm not trying to, you know, deconstruct anything or hopefully not trying to find disbelief, but really looking to root or strengthen my, my own faith and conviction and asking questions like, you know, is this really what this means? Because I think at times I've heard people say that and I've been real judgy of people like that and be like, oh, they're starting to, to waver or rock. Mm-hmm. When I think that there may have been times where people were doing that because they were trying to give themselves outs to, to do what they wanted to do. And I've done that in my own life as well, trying to find ways to give myself outs to do what I want to do. But I recognize now that there are people who have good, sincere hearts and are looking to have better answers for other people who may not yet be Christians or just better answers for their own hearts and their own faith other than, well, that's what my mom told me. I mean, I'm, you talked about how your parents have such a, a huge impact. My parents have had such a huge impact on my life too. And there's probably a decent chance my mom's going to listen to this. And so when you hear that mom, know that I appreciate everything that you and dad have done for me, but it probably is much more helpful for me to give an answer that's more than just, well, that's what my mama said. Some people would be, oh, that's nice that you have that from your mama, but you know, your mama's not my mama. And ultimately my mama's not God and neither are we. We want to be thinking about, like you said, what's, what's he saying? What's he speaking to us through his word? And it, we shouldn't necessarily be surprised if we come to similar conclusions, but hopefully we're reaching those conclusions from his word and not because we've already plugged them in. And we've, We've booked around that and kind of talked around that topic a lot, but it's always important to remind ourselves of that. That's such a, that is such a big obstacle, I think, for many people that we just get comfortable that I feel like I'm better than the person down the road, or I feel like that, you know, I've been, I've been coasting pretty well for the past five years or 50 years, sometimes even, and 
just good with that. And at times we might want to think, is that, is that really what God's calling me to is just coast in his word? Yeah, I, I appreciate that honesty because you were talking about doubt and doubt is something that is a reality for every person. And the only way to overcome that is by being honest about it. I mean, God knows our doubts and his word and God is not afraid of our doubts. And so I don't think we should be either as long as we're being honest about them and trying to handle them in a humble way when it comes to his word and answering those doubts. So I think that honesty that you talked about is really important. And that's a, that will take us really far when we're thinking about trying to overcome and strengthen and own our faith. We've got to be honest about it. Yeah. I really appreciate hearing you say that because that is something that I've struggled with. And I feel like a lot of times we don't want to talk about it or, or speak up about it because I don't know, I guess maybe we think we'll feel judged or maybe, well, other people don't feel this way. Like they've, they've got it all figured out. And so we kind of hide that sometimes, but you know, if you just shove it down and you don't ever deal with it and try to work through it, like you say, how are you ever going to get out on the other side where you, where you do have that conviction that is based on, on truth and not just, well, I'm pretty sure this is true. Like it makes sense what I've been taught and what they're saying. And so I, I think that's, that's good to talk about it. And again, like Jeff, you said, you know, you got to make sure you're doing it from the right place and not just because you want to try to excuse some action that you probably shouldn't be doing. I mean, that's a completely different scenario. Right. And there's just a lot of layers to Bible study, tying a lot of things together here, a lot of reasons, a lot of ways to approach it, a lot of a lot of complexities just within ourselves, let alone when we start talking about community and doing it with other people, which is important as well. But hopefully you know, we can think about encouraging ourselves and again listeners who hear this particular episode to consider some of those things for their own lives as well or as we're concluding this conversation we have four more questions that we'll look at the first one is one that we ask all of our guests that we've had on our program something we haven't talked about a whole lot since the beginning of our program is a phrase that we've heard used before and just kind of first impressions about what this means to you. If, if you heard somebody, sometimes it might be like a preacher, or maybe you're listening to one of our other podcasts or something like that. And someone used the phrase, you know, we want to help you get deeper Bible study to go deeper in your Bible study. What, what would that phrase mean to you? Deeper Bible study? I think probably for me, it's just, you can read it and you can understand what it means. But then, you know, if you want to go deeper, you're reading it, but you're you're thinking about it and you're, you're meditating on it, or you're really trying to get closer to God as you're reading it or learn more about him and, and deepen that relationship with him. I mean, I guess I could say it means, you know, to jump in and study the book of revelation. (laughs) (laughs) That's your deeper Bible study. But I think for me, it's just about examining yourself and asking, you know, yourself, how am I doing? How am I measuring up with the the person that God wants me to be? Am I growing? Am, is he being reflected in my life? Am I transforming? Am I allowing it to actually change me? Or am I just reading it, but not 
not letting it go any deeper? Am I just reading it? And then I just kind of go on with my day, how I always have. And then I come back to it again the next day and the same thing, or am I going deeper with it? Am I letting it do its work in my life? I guess that's what it means to me. For sure. Yeah. If you had to pick your favorite Bible book currently, you know, times we ask that question and we know that that, that rotates or fluxes from place to place or times in life. But right now, if you had to pick a favorite Bible book and it's okay, don't feel like you're <laughs> shortchanging anything else, just something that's, you know, I guess maybe you've been studying a lot or something that's just been real helpful for you or that you like. Yeah. Um, oh, that is so hard. Can I pick two of them? <laughs> we'll allow it. I think we've had people do that at times. So we'll, we'll allow it this evening. I'll use so. my free pass here. Yeah. I don't know. I would say probably Ephesians. I think that book opened up my eyes to just how much God loves us, how many good things he has planned for us and just really uh, helped me to know him and his character. And after reading that, well, I guess like with any friendship, if you have someone who just thinks that you are so special or important, or they would go to any lengths for your best interest or to keep you safe, you know, someone who's so crazy about you, how can you not love them back? How can you not love someone back who loves you so much? And Ephesians is just an awesome book where if you you feel like you don't have that, like read that book and you can just know how much God loves you and how, you know, special you are to him. But then I also love Philippians. I talked about my health issues that I went through a couple years ago and our elder, one of our elders was reaching out to me. And of course they've been checking in on me and praying for me. And he had just asked me, you know, is there anything specifically that would be helpful helpful to you or that I could do. And I asked him, I said, well, what do you read or what do you go to when you're facing something that's really hard or you're really like anxious about? And he said two things. He said the Psalms, which I had already been going through those. Mm-hmm. And then he said the book of Philippians. And so I went there and read that and I loved it. I thought it was so fitting. and just so full of joy, even when you're facing hard stuff. And so I don't know if I could pick between those two books. I think they're pretty neck and neck for me right now, but you know, I would probably pick a different option tomorrow if you ask me tomorrow. (laughs) Right. Yeah. So if you had to choose one Bible story and I guess we'll say you can't save the cross or the, the death and resurrection. Hopefully that's right up at the top for pretty much everybody. Mm-hmm. But to broaden to somewhere else, you have a favorite Bible story. Oh man. <laughs> Again, I know there's probably a ton. So just whatever hits you in the moment or yeah. what's been on your um, mind. Well, I mean, without thinking about it too much, just on the spot, I'm reading about, about David right now. And I just recently read, you know, his, uh, his affair with Bathsheba. And I just think that's, it's so interesting that, you know, God calls him a man after his own heart. And, and then he does that, which you think, okay, you know, that was wrong, but then he like takes it a step further. And then before you know it, this man after God's own heart is a murderer and a liar and all these things. And, um, but then you see, you know, when Nathan comes to him, how he responds and he doesn't make any excuses. He just, admits it right away and he feels bad about it and um 
I like seeing that human side of David and knowing, you know, even a man after God's own heart wasn't perfect and he did some pretty awful things. And so if a man after God's own heart can mess up like that and God still forgive him and think that much of him, you know, um, he'll, he'll forgive us too. And so I like that David is made, I feel like he's made a little more relatable. I mean, not that I've murdered anyone, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but we all so, know what you mean. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, I, I mean, I love reading about David. I think there's so many interesting stories there with him. So I'd, I'd probably pick something to do with David. All right. And our final question of this particular episode and a part of your bio that we didn't read, you mentioned that you like to do, I can't remember if it was family game nights or just game nights in general. So what are some like, are those like Stratego, Monopoly, charades? What is a, what does a game night look like in the oh, man. Chalepi you household? Guys, we're going to have to have you guys and your families over for a game night. <laughs> I'm going to tell you, we get pretty competitive in my family. Well, um, you don't know the O'Rear slash, I guess really the O'Rear side of family at Christmas and stuff. Poor Emerson and is I will not tell competitive. You, and I will tell you that the O'Rears get competitive. My that's family right. doesn't. Doesn't. <laughs> so I that had to. Is, yeah, that's yeah. my husband and I. His family very laid back. They don't care. And my family's like out for blood. Like this is serious. Yeah. Um, no, we play different things. We really like um, Taboo. I don't know if you guys oh, have played that's a it, good one. but yeah. we love it. And we love uh, Boulder Dash. It's just, you read a word that nobody knows the definition to, and you make up a definition mm-hmm. and you try to guess it. And it always has us laughing. So, I mean, yeah. we'll play anything. It's just fun being together and <laughs> giving each other a hard time. Well, it really does sound like the Brown family needs to make a trip over to, to Casey because those are some of my sister's favorite games. Really? <laughs> Boulder yeah. Dash and Beyond yep. Boulder Dash. Yeah. Uh, anything that I get to hold a buzzer and put it in someone's face, I love that about <laughs> Taboo. So I do that all <laughs> night long. But, yeah, yeah, we're going to have to plan this. <laughs> there you go. Well, Katie, thank you so much for your time tonight. Appreciate your your wisdom and the things that you shared with us and appreciate the genuine love that you have for God and hope that God continues to, to give you that and to bless you and your family. Thank you so much for being with us today. Yeah. Thank you guys both. It was so nice to meet you guys and I appreciate you letting me be on here and I I enjoyed it. Absolutely. We did too. Well, take care, Katie. God bless. Yep. You. So Emerson, what was your one thing from our conversation with Katie? I think the one thing that I'm going to take away from this was just when Katie was talking about some days you don't really feel like Bible reading or doing your Bible study, but you just have to push through those days when you're not motivated because that's that's just so real. And I feel like that's a very honest perspective. Some days we want to do it. Some days we're really highly motivated. But if I'm honest with myself, I'm... I don't have the motivation that I need to have some days. And so just pushing through that. And I think what she said, it was also encouraging to hear her say that when she does push through that, she never regrets it. She always takes something out of her reading or her study that day. And so it's always worth the time that we put into it, even when we don't feel like it. And so that was helpful uh, to hear her talk about that. What about you? 
well, we talked about it in the conversation some, but just that shift in mindset or heart set of thinking about, I'm about to go read my Bible, which does carry its own important phrasing, but just that, that thought of maybe at times saying, I'm going to go spend time with God. That hopefully is in reminding us that even Bible reading and Bible study is more than just those things. It hopefully will look to include some prayer, some meditation as well. Just I'm spending time with this relationship and seeing that this relationship is worth my time. That's, you know, as if I'm the one who should decide whether God's worthy or not. You know, hopefully we understand what we mean by that. As that phrase has come out of my mouth, I'm like, oh, that's not how I want that to sound. But hopefully our audience understands what we mean. Just a, it's an important mind shift to think about it in that way of spending time with God rather than I have to read my Bible. I think that's a helpful thing for me to consider moving forward. Yeah, just focusing on the end goal there is not just to read the Bible, but to to know God better. Right. So we want to leave you with our challenge today. Our typical challenge for an interview episode is for you to think about your one takeaway. What one thing challenged you or motivated you or encouraged you today? Something that Katie said that maybe sticks in your mind or something that you will use to help you move forward as you seek to read your Bible, study your Bible, and know God better. Thank you for tuning into Working with the Word today. Next episode will be our observation of our final section of John in the period of consummation and John 18 through 21. We're looking forward to wrapping up this series soon. Until then, if there are questions, topics, or books of the Bible or difficult passages you would like for us to cover in future episodes of Working with the Word, you can find and reach out to us on Facebook at Working with the Word, on Instagram at workingwiththeword.podcast, or send us an email to workingwiththewordpodcast at gmail.com. That's all one word working with the word podcast at gmail.com. So until next time, may you grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To him be the glory both now and to the day of eternity.